But I think what has kept me going and grounded is just always remembering my why. Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one-size-fits-all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Listeners, we are back with another episode this week of The Found Podcast. Last fall in 2022, I received a voice memo on Instagram from a gal who I knew quickly would be a fast friend. First, she sent me a voice memo, which I love. Second, you could just hear the warmth and the passion and the excitement in her voice when she talked about her business. And third, when we got on a Zoom call, it was just like we couldn't quit talking and smiling. It was so much fun. And so I knew she needed to come on the podcast so that we could share that effervescence with all of you. So today I'm introducing you to my new friend, Jill Carr of Jill Carr Podcasting. And she's from the Flint Hills of Kansas with a husband. They ranch and they raise their two little girls. And Jill also helps female entrepreneurs and business owners amplify their voice through podcasting. Jill can help podcasters launch by advising them on equipment, thinking through the mindset it takes to really operate a sustainable podcast. And she also offers management services. So if you're someone who is short on time, but big on goals and vision, she can help you get your podcast out week to week. And what I also love is a new service that she's offering, which is podcast auditing. So if you have a podcast and you want to know how to grow or monetize that, her auditing services, but also today's episode, will walk you through what you can do to get more downloads. In addition, Jill's just a joy to talk to, and I cannot wait for you to fall in love with her in this week's episode of The Found Podcast with my friend, Jill Carr. Jill, here we are. I'm so excited to have you. We did it. I'm so happy to be here, Molly. Thank you. Jill and I, for the listeners, uh, we have had to reschedule this podcast recording a couple of times now. And I'm just tickled that we can finally sit across the screen from each other, chat about what you do, who you are, who you help. And honestly, as we talked about, like in our little pre-recording conversation, like we know each other now. And so I think our issue is going to be like keeping it in the space of the time we have allotted more than anything, because Jill and I, like we only came across each other a couple of months ago, but we made fast friends. I think it's okay to say, but (laughs) So why don't I turn it over to you? You can go ahead, introduce yourself, 
tell us a little bit about Jill Carr and all the things that you do in your business. Yeah. So thanks again for having me, Molly. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Jill Carr and I am wife to Isaac and mama to two little girls. We ranch here in the Flint Hills of Kansas and I help rural women extend their voices by way of podcasting. So I help these women launch, manage, and grow their podcasts to make powerful connections, share their expertise, and extend their reach to a larger audience. Oh, I think that, well, obviously we're on a podcast talking about this, but I love what you do because it is so, I think, especially going into 2023, as we're starting the new year and people are trying new marketing methods, or they're asking, what are going to be the trends this year? I think that having someone like yourself, who is an expert in the podcasting space as with everything, as far as launching or managing, or even like if you have a podcast checking that you're doing all the right things so it can grow and attract new listeners. Like having someone like yourself as a reference, it's so helpful for people in this new year. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I just think, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I think podcasting is just so powerful. And I think it's going to only continue to grow and just almost be a vital piece of anyone's marketing strategy Um, And so I just think, and, you know, just like with anything, you can't do it all. So I, you know, I hope to be that guide and that expert to take this off of someone's plate to add the value, but to, you know, take the workload off of your plate. Oh, that's so good. And we're going to talk a little bit more and I want to bring up like some of the statistics because if people are thinking about podcasting, they might think that, oh, everybody has a podcast these days, but As you and I know, that is not true, but we'll get into that in a little bit because first I want to hear your story. Did you always have an interest in podcasts? What does it look like for you now being a podcast expert? What was the journey getting to this point? So, yes. So I think it all starts back when, so when my husband and I first got married, we lived in a little farmhouse, like 40 minutes from town. And at the time I worked in town every day. And so I had this 40 minute commute. And so I discovered podcasts because I love music too, but it was like, you know, there's only so much you can listen to music wise. So I found podcasting and I just became obsessed. And I was like, what do you mean? You can just learn about anything you want to learn about. And I can binge all these episodes and they're free. What in the world? So that's kind of where I discovered it. And so I would listen, yeah, on my commute. So there's 80 minutes of my day right there. It's just my drive. Then, you know, as I'm cooking or doing dishes or mowing the yard or whatever. And so I just would listen to podcasts all the time. And the thing, I mean, as you know, any kind of interest that you have, you can find a podcast about. So I just think that's kind of where my love like started is just being a consumer myself and the power of um, you know, just, I would find somebody and I would want to learn from them and learn about this topic, learn more about them. And then, so that's been my life for the last, whatever, six years. And so with that kind of in my back pocket, so then we had our first daughter in 2018 and in 2019, then it it was, it was time to go back to work. And I was just heartbroken after maternity leave. I was like, I cannot, I cannot leave her. And, 
you know, you know how it is. It was like, by the time we would get home, it was six o'clock. She'd go to bed at seven. And it was like, I just get one hour with her. I can't do that. And so loved my job, loved my coworkers. It was so tough. It was a tough decision, but I was introduced to the world of being a VA. So I became a freelance virtual assistant. So I had various clients did that. Uh, I've been just in the last year have pivoted, but uh, in 2020, Coach Kaya, for anybody who doesn't know, she has a podcast climbing with Coach Kaya, um, but she became a VA client of mine in 2020. And I have a very vivid memory of talking to her. We talk on Marco Polo. So if anybody isn't familiar, it's kind of like a walkie talkie app, but it's video. And so I was like, Kaya, you need to have a podcast because I love your stuff. I want to listen to you on a podcast. Like you should have a podcast. And she it's like, I want to, she's like, that's been a goal of mine. I want to do that. So, you know, it wasn't that easy, but long story short, um, she agreed to have me help her launch her podcast. And at that point I had no idea what I was doing. I took, um, an online course and we worked through it together. We got her podcast launched in 2021 and obviously it's still going to this day. I still help her manage her podcast, but from that point on, I was hooked. I loved the process. I loved the launching. I love the managing, like every piece of it. I love just that it's such a machine. There's just, I just love it. And so that's kind of where I got hooked in and I'm so grateful for her and the opportunity. Cause now I'm, I'm, I just feel like I've really found my spot in the online business world. So. Oh, I love that. I love that evolution of, and this whole podcast is about finding yourself, finding your passion, finding your way. Mm-hmm. And I feel that through your story, you know, you started off just finding podcasts and then you had this life event of bringing a child into the world and realizing, okay, what worked up to this point is not going to work until now. So you found what would be your next step. And then that led you to here where you really feel like you found your groove and you found this career path. So tell me then about like, you've got the virtual assistant freelance job. You've talked Kaya into starting the podcast. Things are rolling. So at what point of 2021 did you really realize, I think this is it. I think I want to like fully step into the podcast editing, managing space. Mm-hmm. And tell me, take me through that evolution of then pivoting your virtual assistant business into more of the podcast management business. Yeah. So I think, you know, all along I had been trying to really find my niche, kind of niche down, find a way to scale and not be so much just hourly, you know, but I was, I could never find really what I wanted to like, where I wanted to take my VA business. And it, and it was working, right. It was fine. It was, it was good. I loved my clients. It was fine. So I think that was kind of always in the back of my mind. And then, um, I was reached out to, uh, by another client that was wanting to launch a podcast And so we did that. And then it was just like, okay, I really like this. Like I, it just took that, that other client to kind of be like, okay, I really do. I know what I'm doing. I want to learn more. I want to really hone in on this. I think this is my jam. And so that was real. That was just this last spring. So then it was just a process of informing my current VA clients, you know, that I'm making this transition, I'm pivoting to podcasting. So kind of, I guess, parting ways 
with uh, my VA clients and and then moving into this space and then everything that comes with it. So the the website and um, just learning everything that I can and then growing in this space. So it's just, as you know, a wild ride of honing in on this and then so much to learn, so much to do. And I actually grew really fast, which was such a blessing. So wonderful how that happens. And I actually was just so burnt out this fall. I mean, and that it happened that fast because I took on too much and it's so hard because I loved it. Like I wanted to help everybody and do all the things and learn all the pieces. So, you know, lesson learned and it's all just part of the process. But what I'm working on now is like boundaries and processes and better systems and um, outsourcing and all of those pieces that can make this sustainable and to where I can still enjoy it and not be, yeah, in, in that season of burnout, which was very tough. Um, because I don't want, I don't want to hate it. I, I love it and I want to keep, keep loving it, but also, um, just have it fit into my life instead of it consume my life. So I think that's an important conversation, Jill. And if you don't mind, I know this wasn't on the prep sheet, but can we dig into that a little bit deeper? Absolutely. I think there are so many of us, and this has been on the forefront of my mind, like just kind of percolating, you know, and there's a lot of us who as probably as people, but more so I feel as moms, we want these businesses that we can build, that we can have the availability to be home with our families and also be able to bring in income and serve others in our clients and customers. And there is a tipping point, I feel like, to your what you just talked about, where you can see the success and you see that there's demand in the market and you see the opportunity. And all it takes is you saying yes. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take that in. Yep, let's do that. Yes, let's bring you in as a client. But mm-hmm. there's a point where, okay, this business that I've built, it becomes like Sometimes it can feel like you're working for a whole bunch of people and then you got to step back and say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm the boss here. What is what is still my vision? What is it still that I want to pursue? Am I still realizing my life goals? And am I still available for my family the way I wanted to? Because as a mom and a business owner, especially I feel like in the service-based industries, like it can be really hard to have those boundaries and you can really overextend yourself in a short amount of time. And so I really appreciate you bringing that up. What are some of the things that you've done? Do you have any like tangible tools or advice or practices for anybody who's listening and they can feel that maybe impending burnout scenario in their own lives and businesses? Yeah, so definitely still a work in progress in this department, but I think what has kept me going and grounded is just always remembering my why, which is along the same lines of what you said of like, you know, we start our businesses because, you know, we find this kind of passion and this skill that we have that is unique, along with wanting flexibility for our families and to be to be home and available um, while still bringing it in an income. And so it's like, let just keeping that I mean, seriously, daily, I am like this having to remember my why of this is for our family. This is for our family. So if I am totally consumed 
by my work to-do list and like not present at all, even when I am home with my girls, that is not the point. So just really keeping that in mind um, and kind of basing every decision off of that. So if somebody new reaches out, do you really have the capacity? And to answer that truthfully, because nobody's going to win if you say yes and you don't have the space. That client isn't going to be served as well. You're going to be crazy. (laughs) Your family will not get the best version of you. So I think just really always having that lens, whatever your why is, it doesn't have to be that, you know, it could be whatever it is. Just answering every question through that lens. And then, and then kind of like I mentioned, just trying to find ways to do things more efficiently. So I recently implemented Dubsado. Uh, which is like a client management tool. I believe you use it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can have like workflows and processes set up and um, intake forms and a scheduler. So things like that to add some efficiency to take some things off my plate and just streamline some processes. And then something else I've implemented is a, a longer runway of when my clients need to have the audio to me because it was really... I just didn't really have that um, in place because, you know, learn as you go. And so now it's 14 days because I want at least 14 days to not only edit, but then there's just, you know, more steps than you realize in between um, before it airs. And so that instead of everything being an urgent fire, just working a little bit ahead again, everybody wins when not everything is an emergency. So mm-hmm. Things like that um, have really helped in just constantly trying to figure out better ways and um, keeping my why in the forefront. Oh, thank you for taking this little sidetrack because I think it's something that everybody needs to hear because a lot of times on Instagram, we'll see the $100,000 months and we'll see the like all these big successes, the new clients that were signed, the list of all of these achievements. And on the back end, we don't really know the whole story and that's okay. But I love when we are able, and I think, again, the podcast medium is perfect for this, able to dig a little bit deeper into the what makes all of this possible. And I love that you're talking about incorporating systems, incorporating boundaries, and then having that why at the front and center to help remind you of all of that. So thank you for elaborating on that for us. Absolutely. And I should add, I kind of mentioned this as well, but I, I do get help with editing. So outsourcing um, and having subcontractors has been huge for me and a huge learning curve, by the way, to let go of control. And, to you know, it's kind of a different than type of work of um, managing people and th- that workload and delegating the work, uh, but it frees up a lot of time. So that that has helped a lot too, to not be afraid to outsource. Mm, that's a great, yeah. So at the same time, you've made this big pivot. You're still mm-hmm. serving clients. You're then adding in subcontract. You've had a big year, Jill. Oh, I is just crazy. I I really can't even believe it. It's such a blessing and so crazy all at the same time. So uh, I think a lot of people listening could probably identify with that too. I so let's so. dig in a little bit deeper to podcasting in particular. What are some of those advantages that you see? We alluded to this a little bit, but what are some of those real advantages that podcasting gives business owners 
over other marketing mediums, maybe like social media or blogging? How is podcasting in your eyes that thing that people need to really dig into in the new year? Yeah. So I think a million reasons, right? But I think I can break it down to three kind of umbrella reasons. Um, And the first being accessibility. So podcasts to me are, are unlike any other types of marketing in that they are accessible no matter what you're doing. So, and you're just doing life, right? So kind of, like I said, mowing the yard, doing the dishes, cooking, driving, all the things you can be listening to a podcast. So you don't have to be in front of your phone or your computer or anything visual. You can just be multitasking. And that is, that's huge for, I think most people, right? And then connection. I think that is just the hugest piece of podcasting. So, you know, not only just the networking piece of you can guest on other people's podcasts, you can have people as guests on your show that you maybe wouldn't connect with otherwise. But mostly the way that you can, that podcasting is sharing your voice. And, and I don't mean your literal, I mean, your literal voice as well, but like your, your voice, the way that you teach and the way that you speak and your sense of humor, like all of that portrays so well in podcasting that you can't always get in the written word or in a reel or a TikTok, Right. And so I just think that connection piece is so huge. Um, and just the way it can nurture your current audience and grow new audience and a larger audience. And I just think your listeners become so loyal. Um, they're going to share your podcast with other people. They're learning so much from you. You're positioning yourself as an expert and you're warming them up, honestly, to become your client. And they're learning about your product or service. and. I know for me, I have bought products and services because of listening to podcasts. And so I think it is huge in, you know, in your marketing efforts to um, have that, that way of connecting. And then lastly, I think it's the best like long form content type of marketing out there. So, you know, you create all these episodes And then from there, you can pull so much content out of them. So you can repurpose them for social media. You can make a bajillion reels out of them if you want to. You can uh, write your email newsletter um, and put show notes on your website. Like use the podcast as long form content, kind of your foundation of your content and then pull from it. And I know Emily Rushell is one of my clients and she, she launched a podcast in August And she was like, her mind was blown on how more streamlined it made the content creation piece for social media when she had this base to pull from. And I also think then everything can be strategic and aligned with just your whole marketing strategy when you have this as your long form content and then you pull from it. So those are three, I think, kind of main umbrella pieces that are hard to find in any other medium. Oh, I think all of those are so good. And I was going to bring up Emily too, when you were talking about the connection piece, because I know you and I had had conversations before this podcast recording. And you said that one of the things that has stuck out to you in the past year about the effectiveness of podcasting 
it was in particular to Emily when she started the podcast this fall, because she had had a community. She had had some success prior to having a podcast, but I remember it just stands out to me in our conversation. You said when she started that podcast and got the reaction from her listeners, it was like, it blew her mind. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and also I'll never forget kind of a side tangent, but I remember when I mixed her intro and her outro for her. So, you know, she, she recorded it, but then I put in the music and edited it and all of that. And she listened to it for the first time and we were actually FaceTiming and she cried and then I cried (laughs) and it was just (laughs) so moving. You know, it's like you have this dream to have this podcast in her case in particular, like this mission to share and this impact you want to make. And so when you kind of hear it come to life, it is just the coolest thing. And so for me to get to help in that aspect and watch that unfold was so cool. So yeah, she, she has made huge impact on her audience because of her podcast and all of her work she's done. And the thing I like about your clients too, and the way that they bring their podcasts to fruition. And I think this speaks to the accessibility part that you talked about as one of the first advantages of having a podcast is that not every podcast needs to be 40 minutes or an hour. You know, I follow podcasts that are five minute little bite size. And I love having those short little action packed episodes. And then I know that I also follow podcasters who will have an episode that's like two and a half hours long. And I might not listen to it all in one sitting, but I'll come back to it and I'll listen to it until I get it finished. And you can let it be whatever it is. And I know that you have podcast clients who do, they kind of vary from the 10 minute timeframe to 50 to an hour. And you really do have time as, as a gift that you can get in front of your audience for those short little action-packed bite size, or you can take them on a journey and make it a longer format. But to your point, we're not trying to shove everything into a 60-second video. We've got the ability to work in a medium the way that we feel the best with. And I think all of those, those three, accessibility, connection, And having that long form piece of content that guides the rest of your marketing, those are critical, especially in 2023, because I think this is the year where we have to get strategic about how we market online. And I love that you brought up that, that long form piece, like it allows the rest of your marketing to really drive from this time investment of putting the podcast together. Absolutely. Totally agree. So if we have people who are listening right now, And maybe they've always had this dream, like you talked about, Emily, they have a dream of wanting to start a podcast. What are some of the tips or the things that you recommend they think about before they ever sit down and hit record on that very first episode? Are there tactical tips or mindset tips that you walk your clients through when you're starting to launch a new show? Yes, definitely. So you know, there's kind of the basic things that maybe someone thinks about, like some tech stuff, equipment, some basic pieces, which really isn't all that crazy. You just need a mic and headphones and a computer, right? Um, And there's some other, like the host and the recording software that I would walk you through. But I think more importantly than that is really taking time to think through kind of your... um you know, why you're doing this and what your reason is. So, and we walk through this in my launch package, but what is your mission? What impact do you want to make? And why are you starting this podcast? Really thinking about your goal as it pertains to your business, because this is this 
at least, you know, my clients it is, it's not a hobby. It is part of your business. And you, so you need to be strategic with that and how it will support your business. Um, thinking about your ideal listener, who, who is in your audience, because this matters so much with the content that you're going to provide and, and how you're going to reach that ideal listener and provide value to them. What are their pain points? You know, thinking through all of those things. And then just kind of some of the structure of the show. So are you going to do weekly episodes? How long do you want them to be? Do you want to have guest episodes or just solo episodes? Do you want to have a script or do you want to just wing it? And I think thinking through those types of things will help it be sustainable for you. Because again, I think it's so exciting to, you know, this thought of having a podcast, launching a podcast. I want to be a podcaster. But if you just go into it willy-nilly with no strategy or plan, I think, um, I mean, you'll find out it, it's it's a lot of work and you have to be committed and I think really rooted in your why for why you want to have a podcast. So I think it's so important to walk through a lot of those pieces before you even get into, you know, the fun stuff like the cover art and the music and stuff like that. So. Um, and yeah, thinking about your, your content. So we'll talk through like content pillars and, and again, thinking back to your ideal audience and, and how to reach them, how to answer their questions and nurture them and support them. And so those, those types of things, uh, we cover kind of before, before the launch happens and just realistically how to fit this into your schedule, how ways that I can support in that, whether you're batch recording or, um, or just on the fly. So just really thinking through those pieces, uh, before, before going for it. I think that is so wise because you and I know, and I think you even have the statistics to back this, but like there's, oh, I'm going to butcher these numbers, but like on Spotify, there's like 4 million podcast titles and on Apple, there's like 2 million titles. And so it can feel like everybody and their brother has a podcast. So why would you start one? And what niche would you occupy? And would you just be lost in the space? But I know that in our conversations in the past, you're like, actually, those numbers are kind of conflated because do you want to take it from here, Jill? (laughs) Sure, sure. I'm happy to. So I'm looking at these stats right here. And so I will share it. You were right. So there's about 4 million podcasts on Spotify. And then 2 million on Apple. And so that seems like a crazy amount, right? Like, why would I start a podcast if I'm just going to get washed away with all the millions that are already out there? Okay, so but hear this out. So 53% of all of those titles produced more than three episodes. And only 12% of podcast titles have released a fresh episode in the past 90 days. And then furthermore, just 7% had been updated in the past month. So of that 4 million, it then drills down to fewer than 300,000 actual, quote, competitors in the podcasting space. Um, And the reason competitors is in quotes, because not all podcasts are your, your ideal listener, right? So that narrows it down even more. So it's very much actually not not saturated because 
it's one thing to launch a podcast and a whole nother thing to keep it consistent, to keep it going. So that's where I think you can have an advantage is if you just, again, are strategic and committed to keeping it going, you're going to have such an upper hand on most people. And I think that's where you talked about being sustainable. And from the beginning, having some of these things thought through as far as, yes, in the ideal month, I could do two episodes a week, but it's like, what can I feasibly do over the long term and do well? And so at that point, it might be smarter to back down to one episode a week or every other week episodes, keeping it manageable in a way that it can still be consistent and quality for your client. And speaking from experience, to your point too, when you begin a podcast, it's so exciting and maybe a little bit nerve wracking, but it's so exciting. And you're like, oh my gosh, I have all of these ideas for titles and wow, this is so much fun. And then like your statistics show, I can look back at my Libsyn statistics, which is where I host my podcast. Um, and my first 10 episodes, I have a really good listenership for like a brand new podcast out the gate. But then the episodes 10 through 20 are like my least downloaded episodes across my entire two plus years of podcasting. Because I feel like after those first 10, you're like, oh gosh, that's when the motivation kind of dwindles. <laughs> Yeah. And you really have to like dig in and say, okay, we're doing this for the long haul. Mm -hmm. And I will say the best thing I ever did was knowing that I'm a really good person at starting things like this. But if I wanted it to be sustainable, I had to have someone who could help and someone who loved the like technical side and producing it. And in order to be a podcaster who is sustainable and that this is uh, an arm of your business, it's so critical to not only think through the things that you've just walked us through, but I also would say go that extra step and get a producer in your corner because they make it happen. And even if your motivation or your momentum dwindles, that person who can help you stay consistent is going to be gold. Absolutely. And obviously I'm biased, but I just think I just think it would be nearly impossible to not have that support because you do peter out, right? And because they are there to, I feel like a big part of my role is not only the skill in taking the, like the task off your plate, but also just being that accountability buddy, right? Of my clients know that I'm counting on them to give me their content on X date. And so, and without that, we're all just more likely to brush it off, right? It's like, oh, I'll do it next week. Oh, I'll do it next week. Like I can just so easily see how they they trail off if you don't have that accountability person and that cheerleader to say keep going this is great you're making a difference you know and i'm here to help just you know get me the content i will take care of the rest and so um yeah i just think it takes a village and i think uh, i i just love being that support that support person to keep these going because i know the power of them they are so important so what if we have listeners out there who maybe have started a podcast? Maybe they hear themselves in some of those statistics where they started and then they kind of let it go to the wayside. Or maybe they have a podcast right now, but they're wondering how could they get more downloads, more listeners, more reach, monetize. I know that you also have a new service coming out with podcast audits. So can you walk us through what are some of those things like in your audit process that you help your clients look for in particular 
if they have a podcast, but they want to level up. Yes, absolutely. So I think some of the basics, so I'll, I'll kind of walk you through my audit package, but kind of really looking just at the basics. Is it good audio? So are you using a microphone and headphones? Are you recording in a quiet space? Um, you know, all those kind of basic things that make a difference when, and I'm probably more sensitive than most, but if I'm listening to a podcast and there's dogs barking and a fan running in the background and there's likes and ums and tongue clicks and all of that, like it's, it's hard. It's not as audibly pleasing to listen to. So, you know, making small changes like that can make a really big difference. And I think content is king, right? So what kind of episodes are you producing? Is it answering those questions that your audience has? Are they learning something? Are you teaching them and adding this value? I think, you know, ways that you can figure this out is what kind of questions are you getting in your DMs? Um, have you ever done a poll on your Instagram to ask what people want to find, you know, what are they, what are they asking and what are the, you, they want you to answer? So to kind of explain my audit, so all it's a, it provides a comprehensive review and evaluation of your show. So I'll look at all the things, right? So display and searchability, production and content quality. Are you promoting consistently? I think that is a huge piece that's often missing because, you know, you've done all this work of producing the episode and then you're just tired. So you kind of, that is a piece that can go by the wayside if you aren't intentional about it, but yet you have to promote it. You know, gone are the days of produce it and they will come, right? You have yes. to let people know that it's out there. So um, that's a piece that I look at. And um, the management process and systems in place. So is it, again, a sustainable process? Is it is it as efficient as can be? Are you remembering all the steps? Is it making it easy for you to get it done? Uh, I'll look at your monetization strategy, give some suggestions or tips on that. And then we'll look at statistics and growth and make sure that um, I'll just look at all of that and all the numbers and see um, what suggestions I can provide there. So yeah, I just look at the show as a whole and see what kind of recommendations and um, that I can give to help you improve and grow your show. I love that you made a point to call out some of those simple audio fixes that you can make to make it more, more pleasing for your listener. Things as simple as recording in a place like right now, I totally just heard my heater kick on and I'm like, oh no, it's going to sound terrible in the background. And you might run into those things because yeah, life. for a lot of us, yeah, we don't have a professional recording studio in our Absolutely. basement. Yeah. Um, someday, maybe I'll be Dax Shepard and I'll have an attic <laughs> with a recliner and a nice setup. But that's 2023. <laughs> goals. Hashtag yeah. goals. Um, <laughs> but I love that you can make even simple changes like you talked about, about just being aware of the word like or being aware of that pause that we can make and we have those mouth sounds that we just aren't that great. And mm -hmm. there can be even just simple little things that we don't notice as we're recording or we just don't catch with ourselves, but it's apparent to the listener. And having somebody like yourself on the other side who can point these small fixes out will go a long way in making your podcast so much better. Absolutely. And I think that is another value of, you know, there's two sides. If 
if you are not in a place where you can afford, you know, afford support, if that's not in your budget, I still want you to put a podcast out there because what you have to share matters. Like I, I really strongly believe that. So I don't want to deter anyone from putting a podcast out into the world, but I do want to say those little things are the types of things that I do with my editing, you know, so having someone that is going to do a very thorough edit like that can take out those ums and the tongue clicks and the, you know, the um that I just said right there (laughs) (laughs) that people say in natural conversation, but that isn't maybe audibly pleasing. And so having that support to, you know, you can just talk how you want and then I can go in on the back end, still make it sound natural and like a conversation, but make it sound really audibly pleasing that that's another value add of having uh, a producer on your side. Totally agree. Okay. So we are getting close on time, but I do have one question that I get frequently and I have not mastered myself. I've tried different things, but I wanted to hear your take on it. If you or your clients have had any success here, but I get a lot of questions about monetization. How do you get a podcast to pay for itself? How do you get sponsors? How do you get affiliates? Do you have a process around this for your clients yet? Is that something you guys are still tackling and learning together? What are what information can you give us, Joe, about monetizing? Yeah. So I would say where I always recommend starting is just really thinking of your podcast as a marketing tool. So it is a piece of your marketing strategy and therefore, you know, part of your budget but focusing on your own products or services first. So promoting those. And then, you know, the the idea obviously is that your podcast is bringing in new leads because of your podcast. So that in a way is paying for your podcast, right? So making sure you're talking about your products and services within each episode or having their own commercials about your products or services just plug them in throughout. Because remember, you're building your no like, and trust factor by having this podcast. You're providing all of this free value. You're positioning yourself as this expert. So point people in the direction of your paid offers because they're falling in love with you and the way that you teach and who you are and they want your stuff. So don't be afraid to talk about your products and services because they're likely very interested and want to learn more. You're not a nuisance. You're not annoying them. They want to learn more. So I think starting there, just really thinking in in that way. But then, yeah, then the other ways are through sponsorships and affiliate relationships. So for those that may not know, so the sponsorship route would be, you would have like a, a contract with a different company that you would um, record an ad for them and it would be, you know, this, this can vary. And that's why there's a lot of um, unknown in the podcasting sponsorship world. So it's kind of just do whatever works, but anyway, it would be X amount of dollars for X amount of ads. So let's say you would have that ad in, let's say four episodes, and then it would be done. So yes, you know, it supports those four episodes financially, but then, you know, you either have to find another sponsor or continue with them if they're interested. And so it's kind of just one more thing to manage. Whereas the affiliate relationships, what I think is kind of cool about those is let's say, okay, so for anyone that doesn't know, so 
if you're an affiliate with a product or service, you would promote it. And then if somebody buys using your code or your link, you get a little bit of a kickback from that. And so the cool thing with that is let's say that you promoted a product that you're an affiliate uh, of in episode two. And as we all know, you know, when you find a podcast that you love, you go back to the beginning and you binge all of their content, right? So let's say they listen to episode two, they bought the product that you were an affiliate for that you talked about in that episode. So you're making money off of episode two that maybe you recorded three years ago. And so I think the bottom line is just having a combination of all of these ways. And again, it goes back to what is sustainable for you? Do you have the capacity to manage all of the sponsor relationships, all of the affiliate relationships, remembering which episode they need to go in? Do they need to go mid-roll, post-roll? And just what works for you? And ultimately also remembering that it needs to be aligned with you and your you know, your mission and what you're trying to portray with your podcast. Because as soon as you promote a product that your audience feels is not genuine, you're losing all of the trust that you've just built. So I think that's the other thing to keep in mind too, is just be very aligned with who you choose to partner with in that regard. And then there's also, it's like a membership that people pay for that then they get extra content. They, um, like a monthly oh, um, Yes. Obviously not, none of my clients not use it. Stitcher, not Flickr. Um, Patreon. Patreon, thank you. So that's another route is is Patreon. Um, so I kind of just explained it, but listeners would pay a monthly membership uh, fee and then they would get extra content. So maybe it's a video, the video recording as well, or an extra series, or it can be whatever you want it to be. But that's another way to monetize is to have a Patreon account. But I don't I don't have any experience with that. Obviously, I couldn't even remember the name. So um, so those are kind of the ways to monetize. And again, I kind of recommend just a holistic combination of whatever feels the most aligned and what's the most sustainable for your podcast. I love all of those. And I think that a good way to to learn how this could be done in real time, in addition to just like keeping a, a list of these things nearby when you're recording, is to also just like be an avid listener like you opened with. You're a student of podcasting long before you knew that this was going to be a career move. You just right. loved the medium. And right. I can speak to that myself too. Like I learned over the years how to try these different monetization efforts because I listened to people like Jenna Kutcher, like Amy Porterfield, like uh, one of my favorite podcasters when I started was Be There in Five. And all of them had different monetization methods. Amy really promotes her own services. Jenna will do the sponsorships. Um, Kate at Be There in Five, she does the Patreon Avenue. And so it's really listening to how are these other podcasters doing it and then saying, how can I apply this to myself? So even when you were talking, Jill, you're talking about the affiliate side of it. I was like, oh my gosh, like I use products like Flowdesk and Dubsado and Gusto, and they all have affiliate links built in. What I need to do is just record a 30 second spot that talks about how I love these products. And to your point, I'm not going to promote a product that I no longer use. I'm going to promote those ones that I use every day. And 
by just like sharing something I love. And if I have this loyal network already built up, then they're likely to go try these products that I recommend. And if I have an affiliate link in there, then I can get a commission on that. So I love that is an easy way to start the monetization process. And then you can try other things that are a little more complex, like your sponsorship model or your Patreon model as you get more experience. So thank you for sharing that. Those are all great tips. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you'll have to let me know how that that whole process goes, because I do think the monetization side is kind of a beast that is very much up and coming. Like I think businesses are, there's so much opportunity to be a sponsor of a podcast. And I think people are starting to see that. So I think there's huge opportunity that you don't have to have necessarily a huge audience to get a really aligned and awesome partnership with a business. So I think just being really open to even just pitching yourself and showing that, you know, and I think really pitching it as everything you have to offer as far as not just how many downloads you have, but I have this many email subscribers. I have this many um, Instagram followers and saying, you know, as a package, I will talk about your product on all of these mediums. Um, and here's the the value that I have and that what you'll get from it. And they're going to win when it's such an aligned partnership as well, because they're getting in front of the ears of people that, you know, it makes sense for. So. Oh, I love it. Like even a few episodes ago, it wasn't a sponsorship. It was just a guest that I had. Um, Her name was Laurel and she has planners that she sells. And just from having her on the podcast and talking about how much I loved her planners, I had at least 10 DMs of people who were like, I went and ordered that planner. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And it's really, when you think about it from a lens of who can I get to pay me to have 30 seconds of airtime on my podcast, it's different than saying, what are the things that I love? Who are the brands that I use every day? Who are the people that I want to support? And then just thinking about how you can give them a plug. And it gives you a different lens to look through and then say, oh, here are some opportunities that I could maybe partner and pitch myself to. I love all that. Absolutely. And it's just thinking of of it as a win, 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 right? It's, yeah, you're not pushing something down people's throat. It is offering like, this is genuinely an awesome product that I love and use that I think you would get benefit from. And I want you to know about it. So yeah, just everybody wins when it's aligned like that. Well, Jill, we are close on time already. So why don't you remind everybody your name, And give us the links where we can find out more information about your podcasting services, particularly if people want to partner with you as they grow their own podcasts. Yes. Thank you. So you can find me on Instagram at Jill Carr Podcasting. That's uh, where I'm probably most active. And then my website is jillcarr.co. Perfect. And we will make sure we link to all of that so that it's easy for people to find so they can go and follow you and check all the things. I really love that you're doing your, um, right now at the time of recording, doing your daily movement. And I love like, I love how you're just like getting up. You're like, I'm doing this, even if I'm still in my pajama pants. And I'm like, this is such a great, like, again, you're really connected to your audience and it's a great peek behind the scenes of what life looks like. Yes. Well, I, yeah, if it's, if it's not in my jammies, it's not happening. So I just put on my shoes and I head down to the treadmill and 10 minutes is the goal because 10 minutes is better than zero minutes. So yeah, it posting it on Instagram is 
very much holds me accountable. It's amazing. It's perfect. Okay, yes, we're gonna so. do a quick little small talk round if you're in. Uh, yeah, the let's small do talk it. round. Oh, perfect. I know you're a listener, so I'm like, I don't even know if I need to explain yeah. it to you. Um, we'll just dive right in. Okay, so let's question number one: What was the first podcast you ever binged? Do you remember? I do remember because it was back in the. Um... Oh, dang it! That is gonna miss me too. What was the? Uh you know, the true crime with Adnan and I'm not a true kind podcast. Listener. I'm not either anymore. I can't believe I can't think of the name. Um, now I have to, I can't even think. Is it cereal? Cereal, cereal. Okay. Yes. Yes. And so that we, my husband and I binged that one together and I was like, I don't like scary movies. I don't like being afraid or anything. I don't like true crime. Like to this day, I don't listen to true crime. But for whatever reason, that one hooked me in and I listened to every single one. So that was probably the first. And then, yeah, I really took a turn from there. I did not continue on with my true crime. (laughs) Then you got into like the business side of things. Yes. And I learned it opened up a whole, a whole new world. Love it. Okay. Question two, when you're working, like, Mm -hmm. let's say you're in your traditional, like whatever that workspace looks like for you or you're set up and you're editing. What are two things that are always within arm's reach? Okay. A drink, which would be water most of the time or coffee or a Dr. Pepper. And so is that three things or is that its own thing? That's okay. I always heard that people who have three drinks on their desk, like that is their, um, it's a power move. It means you're a great business owner. Oh, I like it. Okay. So there. Right now I only have one. What does that say about me? Oh, get you some two more right there. <laughs> um, and then I think my other thing's gotta be my phone. I hate to say it, but it's always in our arm's reach because I do everything on my phone, right? Mm-hmm. You run yeah. an online business, so you have to be close. I do. And the girls' daycare notifications come in through there and my grocery list. I mean, just all the things. So yeah, I'd say a drink and my phone. All right. Last question. As we are in the new year, the first month of 2023, what is one personal and one professional goal that you have for this year? Ooh, okay. Um, Professional, I have not um, put realistic steps to make this happen, but I want to start an email list. Mm. I don't have an email list. And then personal, just continuing to work on boundaries. And I hate the word balance, but work-life balance, just finding that integration and a place of peace. And I look at you and I watch your stories and all this, and I know just how much passion you have for your clients and what you're doing. And so that makes boundaries even harder. But I think that, I think it's a really worthy and a very honorable goal for the year to have those defined. So I'm excited to follow along and watch you on that quest. Thank you. Thank you. A work in progress, right? All of us are. Well, Jill, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge about podcasting with our listeners. And one more time, can you just remind everybody where they find you online? Yes. At Jill Carr Podcasting on Instagram um, or jillcar.co is my website. So reach out. I love connecting in my DMs and um, just following you on your stories too. Thank you so much. Thank you, Molly. I appreciate you.
Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.